Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car. My name is Jess Romero. I'm in an undisclosed bunker here in the windy city of Chicago. My partner, Paul Clay, we are here to offer you the fullness of truth, the one holy Catholic and apostolic religion uh, given to you in living color by Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm on duty. Paul, what about you, my friend? Yes, sir. I'm on duty, ready to go. <clears throat> well, let me tell a little bit about last night. I'm over here in the windy city of Chicago, the city of uh, of the wacky left. But if any everywhere you go, you find some serious Catholics that are just fighting the good fight of faith. Last night, I'm at, I'm at the parish St. John Vianney, uh, patron saint of parish priests over here in North Lake, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. The church was packed. And you know why? People say, we listen to you on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. People came from all over the place. The church, It was a big church, too, and it was full. Thanks be to God. They got, again, because we're, we're moving the needle, Paul. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we're... Uh, you know, we're, we're, we've got a seat at the table. And uh, the fact is, uh, our listenership is growing. And everywhere I go around the country, people are listening to us on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I talked about spiritual warfare last night. I did a deep dive. I, I told the, the audience, I'm not going to treat you guys like a bunch of babies. You guys are just used to hearing, Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. That's right. And that's true. Don't get me wrong. That's a true statement in itself. I said, but I'm going to do a deep dive on what the Catholic Church has always thought about spiritual warfare. Uh, yeah, you had, you had people that were 60, 70, 80. They were saying, I never, I never heard this before. This is, and I always, I said, everything I said is basic Roman Catholic teaching. And so I praise be, I praise be to God, Paul, that there are, I'll tell you, a lot of Catholics are listening to podcasters because they know that podcasting Catholics, they, uh, you know, they they uh, they don't mince words. They're not under the establishment. Uh, we're not under the Pharisees and Sadducees, so we don't have to watch what we say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good points, Jess. And like I always say, the truth rings true. So, you know, the things that we say, you know, don't just believe us. Test it against sacred scripture. Test it, you know. I mean, you always post uh, the resources that we pull from. You can test these things and see. Yeah. Um, uh, listen, we know that we come from a generation that was affected by extreme modernism, a.k.a. liberalism, yes. and the lingering effects are, are, are going to be felt on the church uh, for, you know, an un unforeseeable time into the future, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, we have one thing going for us, and that is, but God, those two words. God makes the difference, and uh, He go. can make the difference. Yeah. And if my people who are called by my name, right, will 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 humble themselves and, and and turn from their wicked ways, you know, that's what God is asking. He's asking for repentance, and no better time to do that than in this season of Lent. Yes, Amen. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at my uh, my Magnificat, my daily devotional. And I like some of today's verses. Just it's just a very powerful Psalm one. Uh, Blessed is the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, 
nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights, look at that, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. Also, another, another reading of my devotional from Jeremiah 17. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in men, who uh -huh. seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Okay. And then it says, more torturous than anything else, or other translations, more wicked than anything else is the human heart beyond remedy. And who can know it or who can understand it? Uh, that's where we're at, Paul. Uh, today, we're basically, uh, we have the sons of Adam, or, or should I say the sons of uh, the sons of Seth and the sons of Cain that live upon the earth and we coexist with one another. There, or as John the Apostle makes it even easier. In 1 John 3.10, he said, you've got the sons of Satan and the sons of God. Yes. And guess what? <laughs> it's a bad, it's, and what are we supposed to do as the sons of God? We are supposed to, with all, with with everything it takes, usher in the social kingship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ upon the earth, that He may be Lord and Savior of every man's heart, according to Saint Pius X, and Lord and Savior of every nation. Nothing less, Paul. Nothing less, just uh, yeah, like the old Protestant preacher J. Vernon McGee used to say. The only two kinds of people in the world are saints and ain'ts. <laughs> That's right. You know, so the bottom saints line is, is, yeah, we're either we're either going to be, you know, saints in the making, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, we're not going to, you know, get to our final destination here on planet Earth as far as our sainthood is concerned, but uh, or at least most of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell you, um, but that's why I say that, that's why, again, it, it, you know, Paul, a lot of men, they hit the gym and, and uh, you know, they're into these the schedule of working out. And that's good. Got no problem with that. <clears throat> but men should at least Catholic men should at least have the same intensity for their faith, for their interior life, for their pursuit of holiness uh, as much as they're uh, avid aficionados of the gym. You are absolutely right. As a matter of fact, more. <laughs> because you know, uh, I would definitely say more. And but as usual, the world is is completely inverted when it comes to you know uh, holy things. And you see just the opposite. You see this uh, uh, instead of seeking eternal life uh, with God, uh, with Jesus Christ, who is the life. Uh, you see uh, men seeking eternal life on earth. <laughs> Uh, in the gym, trying Paul. to extend, yeah, no, trying to extend the, his yeah. years on this earth. Yeah. You know, just in, in looking at these articles that you want to read today, one one of them being, um, you know, do you believe in the apocalypse? And, you know, and, and they mention a lot of the, the things going on in, in the natural world, like earthquakes and different things and, and uh, the whole global warming uh, agenda that the world is on. You know, people, people live life like, like practical atheists you know yes. um yes. they just they think they don't draw the connection between the things that are happening they don't understand that when man fell in the garden god cursed the earth the earth is put under a curse just like a uh, man man brought that upon 
nature and we're suffering the consequences for it. Yeah, and that, and that's why one day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, two things that the scriptures tell us, he will make war amongst uh, uh, the unbelieving nations. And number two, the whole world will be melted by fire. And so this is a temporal, this is a temp a, a temporal holding tank, as we used to say in the county jail. That's planet Earth yeah. is just a, a it's a it's a holding tank, Paul. That's all it is. Yep. The two the two final yep. destinies which are permanent are heaven and hell, period. Planet Earth yes. is a county jail holding tank. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Hey, let's see what uh, I want to share with you. Because we talked about it the last time we were on together about these 15-minute cities. And so we want to okay. share what these things are a little bit deeper. The World Economic Forum, the satanic organization, <clears throat> they're proposing these 15-minute cities. And this is basically a godless inversion of the Christian order. At the end of the day, <clears throat> while Christian communities around, you know, centered around God, the 15-minute cities that the World Economic Forum wants to develop, they center around man. So the question is, have you ever heard of the so-called 15-minute city? If you haven't, here's a quick primer. Paul, you want to give the audience a quick primer what it is? Yeah, a 15-minute city is an idea cooked up by a city planner named Carlos Moreno, which essentially divides larger cities into smaller portions where it is alleged that all of your necessities will be within 15 minutes, either by foot or by bicycle. The idea has been around for a while, and the World Economic Forum showcased the notion as part of its 2021 Sustainable Development Summit. For obvious reasons, those who don't think Klaus Schwab approved projects implemented anywhere on planet earth are skeptical to say the least some have claimed that 15-minute cities are a ruse for enacting climate lockdowns for example which is understandable considering the main motivation for the urban planning craze seems to be the environment there it is for paul. the proposal that, yeah, yeah that's the religion of the left paul the environment yes. and depopulation is the religion yes. of the left the religion of Satan to try to control people on planet Earth, to try to control God's people. Yeah, man worships the creation rather than the creator, just who is forever blessed. And so, again, if you believe the lie, if you swallow that lie that says all life started by random chance, uh, uh, you know, with no, um, uh, you know, uh, creator being responsible for it. Well, then, then this the creation the becomes fifteen-minute city. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. the creation should be worshipped. Yeah. yeah. All right. Continuing on in the article, um, yeah. for for proponents of this type of lifestyle, it is believed that people will not have to get their cars uh, to get into their cars very often, or at all, since everything they need will be within a few minutes. Let me comment there, Jess. Hey, yes. Do I not? Do I not get this? We got. Do I not? Hey, get hard break. We'll be do right I back. Not? Hold on, Paul. Hard break. Hold hard break. We'll be right, right we'll, back. We'll pick it up right on the other side. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911. The Catholic Church has always put out a challenge, the universal call to holiness. We have to strive to be holy because without holiness, no man will see the Lord. We're talking about yes. the crazy leftist ideology of these 15-minute cities where uh, I guess everything's going to be so close to each other, you know, uh, work, uh, you know, the store, schools, community, uh, recreation. Everything is going to be 15 minutes away. This is what the left is trying to plan. And they're doing this, Paul, as a way to control us. Uh, uh, don't let that fool you for a second. They're not doing this because they're nice, kind, generous people. Oh, without a doubt. And, and it's funny. There's a lot of implications with this, Jess. Uh, as I was trying to say before the break, you know, they said that uh, you won't even need to get in your car. Oh, does that mean I don't get to see my grandkids in, in California? <laughs> I'll have to catch them on uh, Skype or, or Zoom. Um, wow. You know, uh, you know well, well, we have to understand that they don't want human connections. And by the way, also, Jess, uh, what did uh, Klaus Schwab, who is the director of the World Economic Forum or or the, the the head of the World Economic Forum, he says, you will own nothing and you will be happy. So not only will we be having these 15 minute cities, but we will own nothing. That's and that's to say uh, we won't be able to choose where we can live because we don't own it. Uh, we won't be able to choose who our neighbors are because we don't own it. Uh, this is a, a, a serious move toward totalitarianism. Toward, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and people need to see it for what it is. Now, guess what, Jess? I laugh at it in a way because I'm thinking we can fill a pothole. How are we going to build 15-minute cities? <laughs> you know, <laughs> our governments can't even fill a pothole. But I mean, right. this is what their goal. Good point. Yeah. But this yeah. is what their yeah. This is what their goal is, and this is what is and we should be aware because future generations might see this if the lord carries future generations could see these types of things that's why it's important to train up a child in the way that he should go we need to be right now doing what christ called us to do which is to uh proclaim the ex the excellencies of the gospel the proclamation of the of the kingdom that's uh one of the mysteries in the rosary right well we need to go out and yes. the kingdom Paul, and I'm going to tell you, um, the planet Earth, it's it's time-stamped. And what I mean by that, it's going to wind down one day, and it's going to be destroyed. Uh, but yes. what we look forward to is that new heaven and the new earth that our Lord Jesus Christ promises us in Revelation chapter 21. How that's going to look, I have it's beyond my ability to even comprehend, as St. Paul would tell us. I has not seen, ear has not heard, the mind cannot even conceive of God. Uh, has uh, has planned for us for those who love and 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 serve the Lord. We can't even imagine mm -hmm. what heaven is like, but uh, we were we were not made for planet Earth. This is just a transition. Uh, this is yes. a, this is a Saint Paul calls it is a is a transitory place. <clears throat> we are trekking towards heaven. So remember, remember, church, remember, family. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on the finish line. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's pick it up with this article on uh, what Klaus Schwab is trying to do to planet Earth. He says, now, in case you are one of those people who think that global is used environmentalism to control your life, 
you shouldn't be worried because the mainstream media has assured us this will never be the, the case. Yeah, tr yeah trust in the main mainstream media. In addition to concerns about the endeavor being used as a control mechanism for climate reasons, people have <clears throat> legitimate concerns about the level of infrastructure development that would be needed. In essence, if this sort of thing were to take off, it would mean it would mean a, a massive restructuring of major cities across the world. Yeah, Paul, like you said, our government can't even fix a pothole and they're going to restructure these cities in a fat chance. That means governments <laughs> would have to embark <clears throat> on massive projects that would require massive amounts of resources, taxpayer dollars, and the cooperation between corporations and governments would likely turn the, the two into a single entity. To put it plainly, here it is, only a socialist-style government could even attempt to pull off something like this, these 15-minute cities. Uh -huh. Aside from the World Economics Forum approval of the idea, its implicit endorsement of radical environmentalist policies and the socialism required to carry out such a project is the idea of a smaller and more manageable urban setting all that bad. If I'm being honest, I don't think the idea of spending less time in traffic and more time in neighborhoods sounds all that bad. I would venture that many are sick of spending 30 minutes in traffic just to skip to the big, big box store in order to get a few groceries. We also know that sitting for hours on an end of uninterrupted time is not good for our health. So if we could spend less time in our cars and more time on our feet. That likely would be a good thing. In addition, if we live more of a local lifestyle, it's likely we'll eat, we'll eat better food and forge better relationships with local businesses. All said, we could say that the 15-minute city sounds great. But with all the ideas that came from Schwab, Schwab-minded ideologues, there's a fatal blow in the notion that would further enslave the human race. Paul, pick it up. How would this enslave the human race? What does it say? Yeah. yeah. If you look at the idea of the 15-minute city, you will find that in reality, not much different than how virtually all urban cities were uh, during the great ages of Christendom. So they're similar, you know, uh, you know, on the surface, just to the cities uh, of, of antiquity in, in Christendom. Okay. The, hy the hypothetical maps of these imagined cities are usually circular with concentric, cir with concentric circles of various necessities in any direction. In a way, the idea is similar to the traditional Christian city or town from European history. Compare the two settings in the following. Okay, well, they show the image and they, yeah, they see that, you know, some of these uh, uh, archaeological digs from, from ancient Christian cities, you see, you see similarities. At first glance, there are certain similarities. The medieval Chris, Christian towns were built before cars and trains, so it makes sense that everything would be close and within walking distance. The 15-minute city is not dissimilar with an emphasis on walkability and proximity to necessities. In both settings, there would be opportunities for artisans and community relationships, which would make life pleasant in many ways. But the fatal flaw is this, the Christian city is built to serve God, where the 15-minute city is built to serve man. Say no ah. more. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, yeah, you know, Jess, I, I hate to say this, but once again, we see, uh, you know, um, uh, this idea of one, the emphasis being on man versus God. Let's not forget, let it not slip your mind that the number for the Antichrist is 
the number of man, 666. That's right. right. Amen. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, what is at the heart of the Christian city? God. What is at the heart of the 15-minute city? You. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> I could even take that a step further, Jess, and say, <laughs> and, and talk about the mass, but we won't go there today. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. We're, we won't go there to, today. Uh, yeah, we do need, uh, we do not need to prove that these new cities could lead to, a cli to climate lockdowns or population control efforts to know that they will fail and harm the human race. Exactly right. We've already seen what the left is capable of. And of course, just I could see supply chain issues and controlling everything. And guess what? If everything is within 15 minutes after a while, you don't have the necessity for a car anymore. So they'll stop making cars. And then what? You know, then you're really under control, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, I don't absolutely. I, I, I don't know how I'm ever I don't know how I'm ever going to get the um, Phoenix, Arizona to see you. When, uh, That's right. when there are no cars, I'm, I'm not going to walk in the desert, <laughs> you know, they're going to make, and you, and you know, good and well, they're going to make uh, air travel, um, you know, uh, so that only the uh, super rich can afford because exactly uh, why? Yeah, they don't want a vibrant middle class. They don't want uh, people like us being able to just take off and go to Europe or whatever. They want complete control. Well, they're con the left. <clears throat> these guys are control freaks. And I'll tell you, it's because they follow their father, Satan. Uh, the yes. godless left, just like Satan wants. Well, the Bible actually says it, that the Satan controls the world. First John 5, 19. Uh, yep. you know, and so the, the fact is, the, 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 the left, they also want to just completely control the world, just like their father, Satan. And how do they do it? They're always thinking about some way to control the population or depopulate us or kill us uh, and send us to an early grave. But go ahead, continue with the article. Yeah, um, we do not need to prove. Okay, okay. All we need to know is that in the heart of Christian community is God and in the heart of godless world is man. This is nothing but another effort by the spirit of the Antichrist to invert the Christian order and to supplant God with man. Uh, that sentence is right there. That's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, this is, yes, that, this is yes, nothing but the spirit of the Antichrist. Yeah. 100%. It is, a, it, is a, it is another example of how the globalist elites of our world seek to dethrone our Lord as the king of the universe and make man the center of it all. That is the end of the article by Kennedy Hall. Uh, he's a good man. Kennedy, Kennedy Hall is a, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah uh, he's a, he's a traditional, he's a traditional yeah. Catholic Catholic. And, yeah, yeah. He's uh, a fellow traveler. He, he's definitely a fellow traveler. Yes. And I'll just say this, Jess, um, we're, you know, if you listen to this program, you're going to automatically be leery of, uh, uh, these types of things, because we know that the left, when they do things, uh, they do things with intent. And their intent is exactly what Kennedy Hall has underscored. And that is to dethrone God and enthrone man uh, in, in the form of the Antichrist. Uh, Jesus said, as we get 
as, as we move on in the history of the church, he says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? So we're going to see these forces that are continually at work opposing and undermining faith wherever it exists. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting that the word left in Latin, the word left in Latin means sinister. That's what it means <laughs> in Latin. Sinister. Very interesting. And also, yeah. every time we look at scripture, you know, like our Lord talks about uh, the goats are on the left, the sheep are on the right, Matthew 25, 41. You know, those on the left depart from you, curse into eternal fire. Uh, every time the left and right are mentioned in scripture, the left are, are always the ones that are damned. We also see uh, mm -hmm. St. Peter in, in John 21, verse 6. Uh, the Lord says, if you want to catch fish, do it from the right side of the boat. They did and filled the boat. Uh, and when they cast it to the left side of the boat, they, they didn't get any fish. Uh, you also have Old Testament verses about the right and left. Ecclesiastes <laughs> chapter 10, verse 2. It says, a wise man's heart inclines him towards the right, but a fool's heart towards the left. Uh, yeah. And, and Jess, and, and there's no accident as you know why, because God is the eternal God Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're going to put on our eschatology hat. We're going to talk about end times. So do you believe the apocalypse is coming? Most of us have probably heard someone or some fringe group lamenting that the end of the world is coming or even upon us. Often the lamenter quotes the book of Revelation. Lamentations of doom are not new. Every so many years, it seems someone or some group claims that the apocalypse is imminent. An antichrist is sometimes identified and signs are said to be everywhere, but then nothing happens. Some years later, a new antichrist is identified more signs are found, and a new prediction of the end is made. And again, nothing happens. But lately, apocalyptic, apocalyptic prophets seem to be gaining influence. In today's world, however, these prophets of doom are called environmentalists, or those people on the left. Appealing to the Catholic conscience, today's secular world is filled with environmental prophets like El Gore, AOC, and many others peddling assertions that, end of the, that the end of the world is near. It seems not a day goes by where I'm not confronted with such claims in the news or at my place of work. <clears throat> I tend to think the rhetoric of environmentalism has a special appeal for atheists. It may fill the void created by the rejection of God. I think this based on my own on, on my own past belief system, the author writes as an atheist. The claims of environmentalists do, however, also tug at the consciences of people of goodwill. Hardly anyone of goodwill wants to be responsible for destroying the environment and possibly the whole planet. Catholics should know that it is a sin to steal the future from coming generations. This would be a combination of greed and gluttony, but there are many of us so heartless as to willingly contribute to the desolation of the earth. Environmentalists seem to think this is the 
case. As such, many of us concede to the trumped-up claims and acquiesce to the proposed solutions of the experts. We want to do the right thing, but are the claims of impending doom reasonable? And are the proposed actions to combat climate change reasonable? Paul, you want to pick it up from there? Yeah, predict for the last 50 years. When I was born, the population of the world was was going to outstrip the food supply by 1980, resulting in mass starvation. This claim by Paul Ehrlich of Stanford in 1970 turned out to be false. What actually happened was the global population grew from 3.7 to 7.8 billion. Simultaneously, the daily nutrition intake increased to over 2,000 calories a day per person. The world should be celebrating this fact. We are nearing the end of world hunger. Humanity created innovative solutions in farming. It is almost as if humans were created in God's own image with a drive to be creative as well. A mere four years later, Time Magazine reported in 74 that a new ice age was coming with no indication of reversing. The experts absolutely knew this would happen. But this fear of doom by global cooling soon fizzled out. It changed a few years later to global warming. <laughs> we all remember <laughs> that, right? <laughs> uh, then in 1989, the United Nations reported to the Associated Press that entire nations would be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels. If the global warming trend was not reversed, the UN predicted this would happen by the year 2000. But the sea levels did not rise as predicted. So the term global warming simply morphed into climate change. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. During my lifetime, I've heard dozens of declarations that we have only 10 years left before it's too late. AOC said 12. So <laughs> uh, every assertion yeah. was made with confidence. Other predictions of doom were made based on the depletion of the ozone layer, acid rain shortages of water, and mass floods, all of the above. The only prediction that seemed to come true was the renewal of grant money and experts to continue studies and to make predictions, right or wrong. Yeah, pick it up from right or wrong, Jess. So are the latest claims of impending doom reasonable? It would not be logical to reject new claims of hand uh, of, of hand based on a terrible track record. That terrible track record does, however, raise some doubts. The experts have been wrong more than they have been right. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Another mm -hmm. reason to reject these claims is that the language keeps changing. Is the problem global cooling, like in the 1970s, or is it global warming? like in the 1980s and 90s? Or is it really just climate change? <laughs> yeah, climate change. Of course we have the climate changes. That's why God gave us four seasons. The article says, the Earth's climate has changed a number of times in the past. Our planet even experienced a little ice age from around 1560 to 1850. Climatologists believe that a combination of reduced solar output changes in atmospheric circulation and increased volcanism may have caused the little ice age. Now the human says, quote, but since the 1800s, human activities have been the main driver of climate change 
primarily due to burning fossil fuels like coal, oil, and gas, close quote. So who is to say, however, that reduced solar output changes in atmospheric circulation and increased volcanism will not happen again and cause another little ice age. No one can predict an increase in solar flares a year from now or the timing of volcano eruptions. So what's the proposed solution? So even if one were to concede to the supposed impending doom, is the proposed action to combat climate change reasonable? Decarburization of the economy is one solution which most Western countries have embraced. This will decrease the emission of greenhouse gases. This means eliminating all petroleum products, coal, natural gas, and even wood. All of these sources of energy create carbon dioxide. This also means that the other products created during the process of carbon-based fuels will be eliminated as well. Things like plastics to make medical supplies and sterile food packaging. Decarburization of the economy is not just the elimination of all fossil fuels. It is the elimination of all carbon-based products tied to fossil fuel production. Have you noticed disposable aluminum caps are now available? They are intended to replace plastic caps. So, will decarburization of the West solve the so-called climate change problem? An obvious question to ask is, if CO2 is a problem, how much CO2 should be in the atmosphere? Currently, 0.04% of the atmosphere is carbon dioxide. What should it be? 0.03%? 0.02%? What, when one of these numbers is reached, can fossil fuels be used again? And if the globe drops below this number, will recarburization of the atmosphere be needed? So what's the solution? This proposed solution seems to ignore data from the fossil records showing that the CO2 content in the atmosphere was an order of magnitude higher in past with no clear correlation in CO2 and average global temperature. I'm going to pick it up on common responses because the rest of this is kind of too wonky. Go ahead, Paul, pick it up where it says common responses to, to even asking the questions. Yeah. Um, common responses where we at. Um, yeah. Common responses to even asking the questions offered include. Yeah. I'll pick it up and you just I'm not, go ahead and follow. Yeah. Number one, first, yeah, first, first bullet. This here's what they say. The science, here's what the left says. The science is settled. Here's another thing yeah. the left says. Yeah. You're a climate change denier, Paul. Yeah. 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 <laughs> here's another thing the left says. You're anti-science. What else does the left say, Paul? You are not an expert and should not be commenting on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> For some meeting, it appears no one should question experts uh, with 50 years of inaccurate predictions, right? So they're like the weatherman. They always get it wrong, Jess. Uh, listen, let me just comment a little bit on this article, okay. number one. Can you imagine if we were in the days of Noah? In the days of Noah, when, it's, when it flooded, can you, can you imagine the climate change people? Oh, we caused this, you know? We caused this. No, God caused it. And why did God allow the flood? God allowed the flood 
because of the sinfulness of man. Sin, man was, you know, was, was engulfed in his sinful ways. And as a judgment, God allowed the flood. You see, um, these people are atheists. They are practical atheists. I get it. You know, yeah. they were taught from the beginning that all life started from the Big Bang and just happened to spontaneously occur and plus chance. And so their whole view, Jess, is one of an atheistic view that there is no God in control. You know, they, they forget the fact that when Adam sinned, a curse not only was mankind cursed for, for violation of the covenant, but all creation fell under that curse as well. So when we see things like earthquakes, like Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 24, when he talks about earthquakes and, um, and so forth that would exist, well, all of this is a result of sin. And God is in control of everything. And I know a lot of people you know, might say, well, that's really too simple. Well, it's the simple reality. It's the facts. Uh, you know, uh, God is the God of heaven and earth, period. Yeah. Paul, we're going to a quick break. This is Jesus 91. You're listening to Paul Clay, Jess Romero. We're talking eschatology here. Uh, and we'll pick it up on the next segment. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're talking about... Uh, do you believe that the article talks about, do you believe that the end is near? Jesus 911, stick around, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. If you don't worship God, you're going to worship the created order. That's the argument of St. Paul to the Romans in chapter 1. Uh, this article was talking about the, the religion of the left is the environment. Uh, it says here, Catholics the words of the earth. So how should Catholics respond to the secular world's obsession with environmentalism, I offer a few comments. For many in today's world, and environmentalism is their religion with experts ordained as their priests. Catholics must first remain Catholic and not allow environmentalism to become a false god. Yep, absolutely. I would uh, also alert those in the Vatican to uh, take heed to those words. Secondly, as Catholics, we're, all, we're called on to be good stewards of the world. We should not waste the bounties found on earth through gluttony. Yes, we should recycle. We should not waste water, food, or other goods. And we should not throw things away just because they are old or, new, or a new model has come out. And third, but being a good steward also means that we should not mindlessly agree with every declaration of doom made or follow misguided solutions by climate change activists like Bernie Sanders, AOC, and Al Gore, and many others. God gave us the ability to think and use logic. We should not be afraid to challenge declarations. Paul, want to pick it up the last article, last paragraph, and then we'll make our comments. As Catholics, we should not be stingy with the blessings of God has granted us. We should not keep our talents buried in the ground for fear. We should not deny any anyone affordable fuel to heat their homes or cook their meals. And we should share the prosperity 
prosperity, uh, prosperity made possible by harnessing the Earth's natural resources given to us through creation by the Supreme Architect, a.k.a. God. <laughs> As Catholics, our moral compass is based on commandments given to us by God. Using the bountiful resources of the world given to us by God is using his blessings. This is not sinful. Combating climate change should not be a false crusade that impoverishes the world with no actual impact on a problem that may not really exist. <laughs> the end. Jess, um, got some good advice there at the end and, and, and what our take on as Catholics ought to be. Um, uh, again, these things arise from a man who is faithless. Uh, these, the, you know, the, you, you said at the beginning of the show, there's two kinds of people. There's, there's the wicked and there's the righteous. There are those, the righteous that are in Christ, uh, that are, the, you know, that are members of the body of Christ. And then there are the wicked. And that is the, that is the line of Cain. And uh, so either you're connected to the first Adam, uh, to which you'll fall under the umbrella of the wicked, uh, right. or you'll be connected to the second Adam, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so those who don't have faith, the, this world is everything for them. And so they have to preserve it. They have to control it. They have to. Why? Because they don't have faith. That's right. And, and I'll tell you, um, these what we're seeing right now is St. Paul talked about it in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and following. He said, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come, there will come times of stress. For men will become lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman implacable, slanders, profligates, fierce, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding the form of religion, but denying the power thereof. Uh. St. Paul just described millions of lukewarm cafeteria Catholics, and I dare say he also described many modernist prelates in the Catholic Church right now. And Paul, and the whole environmentalist religion, all of this is about control and money. Control and money. And St. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evils. And look what he says. And some people, in their desire for it, for money, have strayed away from the faith. And have pierced themselves with many pains. Think about how many Catholics are involved in this environmental religion. And they've abandoned the lordship and the kingship of Christ for this environmental religion. But it doesn't surprise me, Paul. Because Pope Benedict, rest in peace. We should be praying for him. Uh, he said this back, look at what he said in 1971 in a radio interview. 1971, as Cardinal Ratzinger, he said this, quote, The crisis of the church tomorrow will emerge. A church 
that has lost much, she will become small and will have to start afresh more or less from the beginning. She will no longer be able to inhabit many of the edifices she built in prosperity. As the number of her adherents diminishes, so will she lose many of her social privileges. Yep. So Cardinal Ratzinger, 1971, he told us that uh, Prophetic. the church is going to get become very, very small. He said this 50 years ago. Yeah. We're seeing this right now. We're seeing this right now. Yeah. I, I just read yes. Yeah, I just read Paul in this one. Uh, uh, in, in Ireland, they haven't, get this, in Ireland, which was a Catholic stronghold, they haven't had an ordination <laughs> for 10 <coughs> years. 10 yeah. years. No yeah. priests have been ordained in Ireland in 10 years. Is this a microphone on? You hear what I'm saying? This is exactly yeah. Ratzinger prophesying. Well, when the Son of Man returns, will he find me? You know, it was prophesied long before Ratzinger. You know, Jess, uh, George Brantle, uh, he, he wrote a book. Uh, it was called uh, uh, Catholicism. It was, back, it was published in 1961. And in, in, a, in his first chapter, he talks about the absence of God. And this is what he says. God is dead, cried Nietzsche. Do we not wander through an end, endless nothingness? In proclaiming the death of God for the modern world, Nietzsche foretold as well its fate. Destroy God, and there opens up before men a void of nothingness, an abyss upon which man must construct the vain structure of his meaningfulness. So man, basically, in order to find meaning, when you take God, Jess, out away from man, man has to find meaning outside of God. And this is what we're witnessing with, with these people on the left. They are uh, and just continuing on. He says the same thing. He says, we encounter the stark fact that the death of God can lead finally, but to one, uh, but to the anxiety of the godless or to the rebirth of the desire for God. Deprive man of his God. And he will either create one or die of meaninglessness. Jess, the bottom line is, is we were created uh, for God, St. Augustine, uh, uh, Augustine, he said, we were created for God and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Jess, mm -hmm. listen, uh, uh, if, man, if you take God and you separate God from man, like as is in the modern world, then he must invent things in order to uh, derive meaning because uh, we, that's part of being a human being. We, you know, we have to have meaningfulness. And uh, it's unfortunately, but instead of listening to revelation, supernatural revelation given to us by sacred scripture, uh, man tries to, he takes the naturalist view and begins to uh, try to interpret everything around him on his own and that's only and that's destined to fail yes amen let me just leave on a high note here uh when the, when the catholic church received religious liberty under emperor constantine about 1700 years ago ordinary catholic yeah. men and women they converted the roman empire not with apologetic arguments but with their lives amen. they died in the roman they died in the roman Colosseum. 
They were burned yes. by Nero. They were they were yes. killed in Nero's circus. They bled yes. in the arenas. And uh, that was the response of the first Catholic Christians to a world that went mad, Rome. And, and that was the mess, that was the method of, of, of old evangelization. You evangelize with your life. And it worked out because the, the Roman Empire that collapsed, it was replaced by the Roman Catholic Church. And so right. just like just like grace, it rose from the ashes because people were willing to give their lives. We can do the same thing today. If we choose to live the Catholic Christian life authentically with the same holy abandon like the first Catholic Christians in the first 300 years of the church, that's what's called the new evangelization. It's not a program. It's not something you study. The new evangelization is a way of life. It's a response to become radically in love with Jesus Christ and be an evangelizer and be an influencer in, 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 with all your contacts. And guess what? Don't worry about, I need more ammunition. I need more canned goods. No, that's <laughs> not required. What's needed is giving yourself entirely to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Radical absurdity, as St. Paul says, become a fool for Christ. That's right. Our weapons are not the weapons of this world. And people need to realize that, you know, it's it, as people, you know, as we get closer and closer and they start seeing signs and people get afraid, they all want to arm up. They all want to get as much ammunition as they can. Listen, and as much toilet paper. Yeah. 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 That's all nonsense. You know what? Um, if we're called to emulate Christ, you they can't take what you're willingly uh, uh, willing to give. You see, yeah. we give up. Why? Because we understand that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, Jess. We wrestle, you know, the battle is not uh, in the natural. The battle, all the natural world does is reflect spiritual realities. That's right. And, and the fight is a spiritual fight. It is a, it, the fight is, is, is regarding sin. Your uh, mankind, when he, when he manifests sin, uh, uh, finds himself under the judgment of God and under the punishment of God. And Amen. God is calling us to repent. Yeah, go ahead, just finish. Take, take That's a wrap, Paul. I, I can hear the music coming. Remember this. In oh, okay. the twinkling of an eye, it'll soon be over. We'll be standing before the judgment seat of Christ. He will wipe away every tear for those who have been faithful. God bless you. Family, we'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. We're EOW, Two Cops for Christ. End of watch. We're out. Viva Cristo Rey.